Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as if someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. Tis some visitor, I muttered, tapping at my chamber door, only this and nothing more. Ah, distinctly, I remember it was in the bleak December, and a separate dying ember brought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly, I wished the morrow, vainly, I had sought to borrow from my books surcease of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore, for the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels named Lenore, nameless here for evermore. And the silken sad uncertain, rustling, rustling of each purple curtain, thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never before, never felt before. So that now to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating this some visitor and entreating entrance at my chamber door. Some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. That this is it. This it is and nothing more. Presently my soul grew stronger, hesitating then no longer. Sir, said I, or madam, truly your forgiveness I implore. But the fact is I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door. That I scarce was sure I heard you. Here I, I opened, opened wide the door. Darkness there, and nothing more. Deep into the darkness peering, long I stood there wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before. But the silence was unbroken, and the stillness had gave no token. And the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore. This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word Lenore. Merely this and nothing more. <laughs> back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning. Soon again, I heard a tapping somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> then what threat is that? Yeah. We're doing pretty good. Mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment in this mystery explore. Tis the wind and nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter when, with many a flirt and flutter, and there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance made he. Not a minute stopped or stayed he. But with mien of lord and lady, perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of palace just above my chamber door, perched and sat and nothing more. Then this ebony bird beguiling my sad fan fancy into smiling. By the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore, through, through thy chest be sworn and shaven, thou, I said, art sure no craven, ghastly grim and ancient raven, wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lordly name is on the night Plutonian shore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Much I marveled this ungainly fowl to hear discourse so plainly, though it answered, its answer little meaning, little reverence, revelancy bore. For what we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door, bird or beast upon the sculptured bust above his chamber door, with such a name as nevermore.
But the raven, sitting lonely on the placid bust, spoke only that one word, as if his soul in that one word he did outpour. Nothing farther than he uttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, other friends have flown before, on the morrow he will leave me, as my hopes have flown before, then the bird said, nevermore. Startled at the stillness broke, broken by reply so aptly spoken, doubtless, I said, said I, what, uh, what it utters is only stock and store, hot for some unhappy master whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster, till his songs one burden bore, till the diders of his hope, that melancholy, melancholy burden bore of never, evermore. But the raven is so begone, all my fancy into smelling. Straight I will my conscience see in front of the bird, and bust in the door. Then upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to making fancy unto fancy, thinking what this ominous word of yore, what this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt, and ominous bird of yore meant in croaking nevermore. This I sat in guessing, but no, but no syllable expressing to the fall whose fiery eyes now burn into my bosom's core. This and more, I sat with my, my head at ease reclining on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamb gloated over. But whose velvet, vel, velvet, violet lining with the lamb like glowing over? She shall press on nevermore. Then red dot, the air grew denser, perfume from an unseen censer, swung by seraphim, whose footfalls tinkled on the sofa floor, which I cried, Thy God had lent thee by these angels, he, he had sent thee. Respite, respite, and nephite from thy memories of Lenore. Quaffle, quaff this quiet, this kind nephite, and, and forget this lost Lenore. Quaff the raven nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil. Prophet, still, if bird or devil. Whether temper, temper set, or whatever tempest, Tossed thee here ashore, desolate they all undaunted. On this desert, on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted. Tell me truly, I am poor, is there, is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me I am poor. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet said, I, thing of evil, prophet still, if a bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by that God we both adore. Tell this soul with Sorrow laden with, with, within the distant island, it shall class a sainted maiden whom the angels name the Lord. Class her rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name the Lord. Father, even nevermore. Be that word of our sign of parting, bird or friend, I shrieked, upstarting. Get thee back into the tempest and the night's Plutonian shore. Leave no back pain as a token of that lie thy soul hath spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. Quit the bust above my door. Take thy break, take thy beak from out my heart, and take thy form from off my door. Quoth the raven, nevermore. And the raven, never fit, flirt, uh, flitting, still sitting, sitting, still sitting. Oh my God! Let me do that again. And the raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting on the pallid bust of Pallas, just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seemings of a demon's that is dreaming. And the lamplight, or him streaming, throws his shadow on the floor. 
and my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore. That was the worst thing I've ever heard. The Raven analysis with uh, Nico Carson and this is Joe Castro. And the Raven uh, is a very famous poem, probably a poem everybody can recognize. Yeah, uh, pretty sure. Yeah, it's they made a movie about it. That's how. Like most popular poem. Okay. They made a musical about it. And uh, it won right. many, many accolades. Yeah, yeah, like a lot. It's uh, it still has a big influence. Like not as much as it used to. Because uh, I remember the Simpsons, like you said. Uh, there was a movie about it, like in 2008, some back then. Um, but it has. It was first published in 1845, actually, and um, it was published in the New York Evening Mirror, which I'm guessing is like uh, probably a newspaper. It's pretty interesting how like a poem that old can still have a big effect today. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. that's a lot of what Edgar Allan Poe used to do because you can see like when he wrote the Telltale Heart. Yeah, people still read that. He basically looked right? up for his wife, like his dead. With that, and it's just Edgar Allan Poe always has a kind of yeah, he's like edge, dark, yeah, yeah. <coughs> a dark edge to him. Imagine back then, like it was probably yeah, yeah, obviously it's scary it's back then, times, but it's too, because, yeah. But then, um, so it showed like the poem. It uh, showcases like the fear, uncertainty, and loneliness of a person who is a victim of. Unfortunate circumstances, you know. So, like, we've all been there. We've always lost someone. Always lost someone or been through a difficult time. And I guess, like, that poem, like, conflicts on, and like, those situations. It's him trying to get through it, too, yeah. with him reading. But he's also distracted by just the raven yeah. and the significance of the raven within the story. So the poem uh, itself is uh, about a person who has, uh, who lost the love of his life and he is traumatized by it. And the, the speaker, he uh, sort of tries to escape through reading, writing, reading. And, and, uh, and yeah. the guy, he's distracting. Yeah, he, there's like a, like a raven tapping on his, no, there's like a certain tapping on the door and window by a raven, right? And that's why it's called the I raven. I think, the, and that's brought up through, throughout the whole poem, like yeah. the, the, uh, the tapping and the, uh, when he says tap, tap. Yeah, you know. the raven can talk, like, you know, like the guy know, knowing that the that's raven also, can talk. That's also interesting, that's yeah. personification right there. Personification, um, but, yeah, uh, very, very good example yeah. there. Good job. Divulging from that into the major themes, that's when the raven comes into play, mm -hmm. in my opinion. It's like, uh, shows that the major themes of the poem usually include, like, death, and irrationality and loneliness, maybe a sort of a crippling sort of depression, yeah. I would say. And we can read throughout the poem that his love, Leonore, is it's kind of like a haunting almost. It's almost like yeah, a raven. Him in yeah, it's almost yeah, like the raven is somewhat of like a devil figure. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like a demon. I mean, it could be like remind him of his like his yeah. traumatized. Events. It's like a it's yeah, like it's, a symbol for his insanity. A it, exactly. Like it, it's just yeah. more like divulging into the insanity that he's falling. Under. He's right, talking to a bird. A bird. Yeah. And throughout the poem, uh, what's it called? Uh, the person he asked uh, about his love of his life that he lost, uh, Lenore. And if, um, like, he asked about Lenore, and the Raven simply replies with "Nevermore." And this re this leaves the man obviously heartbroken because "Nevermore" means obviously like, never again. Never yeah. again. Like, sorry, man. It's like a symbol for like. 
like a tour for like someone you love because like you don't know what you don't know if he's gonna come he or she's gonna come back. It makes you it makes you think of how she actually died. Like what if it was his fault? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that's why. He's like he's like never more. Maybe yeah. she went to like yeah, exactly. like. Well, we don't know like his like religious. I don't know yeah. his belief, but but saying but if he, if he did like a heaven and hell thing, like if he killed her or something, like she went to hell, heaven, but he's gonna go to hell and like never more. Kind of the devil. Yeah. yeah. Just like we said that. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then that's that's what's kind of uh, like questioning me in this uh, poem is like how, like what what is so special about Lenore? Like, how did she die? Yeah. Like, like there's a, there's a bunch of things that aren't really. A lot of curiosity. But I think like. I think what makes a poem great though is how he, you know, just like describes the uh, the environment. I don't know the like the, 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 yeah, the darkness, and he uses uh, literary devices to do this, um, such as. Everyone has lost a loved one in their life, you know, everyone has been there. But, like, why, why is it so, like, harder for him that he, as, like, a, a bird, literally come to his window and, like, start going crazy? Like, it makes you think, like, the bird might not even represent, like, a devil figure, more, maybe more of, like, an angel figure, like, saying, hey, you screwed up with this, or you did something bad. But I, I highly doubt it just because Edgar Allan Poe is so dark all the time. But it's, I mean, it's not a question. And then, yeah, we, and a lot of literary devices are used for sure in this story. And uh, one of the big, biggest ones, I think, is alliteration with Nevermore. And it's really just yeah. stating the fact that it's some, tapping, yeah, tapping like on the door. Just, it's never, ever going to leave. And then he uses um, some repetition like, 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 Definitely personification of the Raven. We already went over that. And, uh, There's a lot of um, allusions to Palace in the middle of the poem. What's that? Uh, what's the oh archetype? The the devil figure. That's what I was thinking. Oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, the, type, of arch, yeah, the type of archetype that symbols like the devil. How about the color black? Also imagery. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say. He he such a good. He incorporates. Yeah, he incorporates great elements into the. To like make you feel like like you're like when I, when I heard the poem or when I read it. I kind of imagined like what like the what it looked like there. Yeah, him alone, like at a desk, kind of like sees just like dark, like it's dark and like it's, I, I imagine it raining outside. But uh, yeah. And in conclusion, uh, Edgar Allan Poe is a great poem writer, like one of the greatest. Poet. Yeah, every, po oh, poet. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Nico. You're welcome. Um, and yeah, I, I'm fascinated by his work. And yeah. I love the dark edge he brings. Yeah, Raven is a good poem. I think a lot of classic. All right, that is it. Peace on the street.